Happy Sunday, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode from the Isle of Dr. Garneau. I'm Kelly J. Lewis, and with me, of course, is Dr. Chris Garneau. Dr. Garneau, wow. Another history-making week. That's like every week we say that. Yeah, I know. It's two weeks in a row. Uh, this, I, you know, I, I kind of wonder about this, too. Like, when my uh, when my kids have kids, what are, what are those, you know, what are those history books going to look like when they're in school? And I almost kind of wonder how many pages will the last two months take up in a history book because it's, it's big. So, of course, you know, we talked about the insurrection that happened on the 6th. And um, things have not slowed down since then. So let's, let's try to recap the order of events in which they occurred. So after the insurrection, the nation kind of needed a day to figure out the shock of everything uh, that was happening. And then um, Democrats were very swift. And uh, Nancy Pelosi was very clear that there had to be some kind of an answer. And, of course, the president is under fire. So uh, there were calls. And from what I understand, people who are close to the White House who have been asking the president, please resign, please resign, please resign. And if anybody knows Trump and they've seen him, you know, for more than 10 minutes, you know he's not going to resign. Um, so he's made it clear he's not resigning. Uh, Congress did, imp- uh, did press upon Mike Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment. Uh, Mike Pence did not uh, do that. So, um, yeah, as of uh, as of yesterday, Congress voted to impeach President Trump. Uh, so President Trump is now the first president ever. And I don't know. Maybe he'll brag about this. Who knows? Uh, the only president in U.S. history to have been impeached twice. And Kelly, what's astonishing is that not only was he impeached twice. He was impeached within the same term, within one term, um, and that it, it, that in itself is astonishing. And the other thing that felt a little different this time around is when he impeached the first time, no Republicans uh, in the House voted to impeach. And this time, I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but with as politically divided as we are, 10 Republicans, including the number three ranking House Republican Lynn Cheney, um, also voted for it, uh, and that, that caught a lot of attention, which, and by the way, five is twice as many Republicans that voted to impeach Bill Clinton in, uh, in the late 90s. That was 97, 98 or something like that. Anyway, the point is, um, th- th- this is history in the making. It, essentially, we had the same president impeached exactly one year apart, and it's it's so... Uh, so big that it, it almost makes your head spin trying to get you, get your head around it. But, you know, when, when I was listening yesterday, I, I thought it was really interesting, the narrative that was coming out. You know, Repub- there were Republicans that were dissenting anywhere from we can't be divided right now. Let's all just heal ourselves or, you know, and some of them were just very combative. Oh, they've been after the president since day one. The president did nothing wrong. Or they'll bring up, you know, all the riots that were caused by Antifa and Black Lives Matter during the summer. Apparently, those those don't matter. The only one we care about is this one, um, which which I thought is like maybe the most insulting, uh, personally to me, uh, you know, rebuttal. But anyway, that's essentially what we heard from the floor of Congress yesterday. But 
regardless, we know that um, there were 232 votes, which was well more than enough. And Donald Trump is impeached twice. And wow, what a week. I think, too, there were four Republicans that didn't vote. They just didn't vote. So really, I'm going to count those as yes votes because... You know what I mean? While while they didn't count for the yays and they didn't count for the nays, they they didn't go in favor of Trump. Right. And yeah, no, that's that's important, uh, and 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 that leads us to Kelly thinking about the Senate. Now, Mitch McConnell said he's not going to take up the impeachment vote uh, ahead of what's already on the docket, and that basically means he's punting to Chuck Schumer. Uh, we know Chuck Schumer is going to hold the vote uh, for conviction. The question, Kelly, is. What's going to happen in the Senate? And this is where things get really interesting. So for uh, those listeners who maybe don't keep up with this stuff nearly as as, as, as uh, intensely, in order to convict in the Senate to actually kick Trump out and he will already be gone. Um, but in order to do that, you need two thirds vote in the Senate and we'll have 50 Democrats who will vote to convict for sure. And then you need 17 Republicans. Now, that seems like a tall order. But there already is some momentum. We know that um, Lisa Markowski is so upset with the president, she's a Republican from Alaska, that she is not only emphatically voting yes, she may switch parties over this. Ben Sass from Nebraska has been extremely critical of President Trump. He's likely a yes. I'm almost guarantee Mitt Romney, who's my new favorite Republican, is, is going to vote yes. Um, and let's add to that probably uh, uh, Susan Collins from Maine. And a fifth one, and this is interesting, perhaps Mitch McConnell, because mm-hmm. Kelly, yes. Mitch, Mitch McConnell is not a fan of, of the current president right now. Uh, I, I, I saw someone post on social media, uh, Trump screwed with Mitch's money. Nobody screws with Mitch's money. Uh, basically, Trump <laughs> used, you know, <laughs> he cost him Georgia. <laughs> he not only cost him Georgia, and I want to get into this a little bit later, too, but I want to tease it right now. I want to talk about the ad money a little bit later when we when yeah. we get when we get to that point. But I I think it's also important to note you were talking about how how this has all happened within 13 months and look at the speed or lack thereof that the Republicans moved last year as opposed to the Democrats now that the Democrats know that that they're coming into power, they are moving faster because they can. And I think that that is very telling. I think that that brings a lot of hope. Like, man, maybe we can uncluster shag this as as much as we can, like right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this, this creates a complication. And, and Joe Biden has right now he's trying he really is still trying to push together a unity message. He is. And so he isn't, he has not really been, you know, big rah-rah for let's impeach, let's, you know, convict the president. Because one of the things the Senate could do is convict with a caveat that he can't run again. That's what the, okay, I know everyone's going to say that's what the Democrats want to be mean to Trump. Oh, no, 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 no. There are Republicans who do not want Trump to run again. Let's be quite clear on that. And let's put Mitch McConnell at the top of that list, maybe. Uh, Marco Rubio is maybe a second uh, a second in line. I wouldn't be shocked if Rubio voted to convict, if, if all of a sudden he had some kind of change of heart. The only one that probably won't is uh, Holly, and, uh, Holly and Cruz, but 
Um, the Republicans don't want to run against Trump in 2024. I guarantee you they don't, because he's going to have still so much of a base there that it's going to make it difficult for the Republican Party to get their core back. And they are about as splintered of a party and as in disarray as I've ever seen it. You know, I, I've been a liberal most of my life, and I've always had to feel I always hated how the Democrats seemed less with it than the Republicans, like not as organized, more splintered, whatever. It, it appears as though maybe the Republicans right now are going through a little bit of a crisis. So that's what makes me think that Trump has to be worried a little bit about this because a few things would happen. Number one, he won't be able to run again. Uh, and number two, the questions about would he actually be able to um, – would he be able to pardon himself or, or how, you know, what would happen with that? Um, he certainly would not be getting a pardon from Joe Biden. So I, I don't know exactly what he's going to be thinking. But Kelly, I think Republicans have just as much reason to want to expel the guy as the Democrats. I think that, yeah, it's come out that Mitch McConnell is is like this is this is my chance to get him out of the Republican Party and kind of go back to some kind of normalcy. And so, I mean, him just flat out coming out and saying, well, I'm going to listen to the evidence. Okay, Mitch, it's not like you don't know. But I think one of the things that was very telling is a lot of the stuff that's coming out with the videos. And I want to I want to kind of shift to that a little bit. The video where Trump and Ivanka are standing there side by side watching the chaos and coked up Don Jr. is there with uh, uh, Mark Meadows. And I mean, yeah. and Kimberly Guilfoyle, oh Lord, like Kimberly Guilfoyle just like photo bombs out of nowhere. It's kind of creepy a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So what's interesting about that is that, and, and these are the reports that we get. So let's, let's, you know, kind of backtrack to the, the speech that Trump was giving shortly before the insurrection happened. And one of the things that he said is, I'll be right there with you. And it, it really made it sound like he was going to be leading the charge or marching down. Of course, he didn't. He you know, got in the, got in the uh, presidential limo and was taken back to the back to the his quarters where he watched on TV um, what was unfolding. And, you know, one of the reports that came out of that, and this is maybe one of the most chilling, is that Trump. Now, of course, we don't have it on record, but there is someone who said they were in the room and they said Trump was almost giddy or he was very excited. He wasn't upset in any way. And the only remark he made is he didn't like how the rioters looked so, quote unquote, low class. (laughs) You know, and then but but that kind of meshes with what he said after that when he was I'm, I'm guessing he was asked to denounce what was going on. And he, you know, couldn't help but say, yes, the election has been taken from you. It's unfair. I know how you feel. It's so bad. And then he says, we love you. You're very special. Please go home. You know, you know, and and that, that in a nutshell dispels the idea that Trump actually could have ever believed that it was Antifa because there's no way he would have said, I love you. You're very special to Antifa. He knew he was talking to his supporters. Well, you know, the most hardened ones that decided to become violent. Um, So that led to what happened yesterday, which was an official kind of more scripted, you know, um, it wasn't an apology and it wasn't a concession. It was, let's all be peaceful. And, And one of the things that I, you know, I've been hearing, uh, from different media sources is that that was likely orchestrated by Trump's lawyers. And there are a lot of uh, people who work with the Department of Justice and specifically 
Um, oh, oh, who was it? Ah, I can't think of it. Uh, at this, oh, James Comey. James Comey uh, was interviewed by CNN, and he said if you listen to the way Trump delivered that speech, it's likely his lawyers are mm-hmm. not Giuliani, but his other lawyers are asking him to speak like this. Side note, Giuliani, apparently Trump said, don't pay Giuliani. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I'm (laughs) so glad that came up. (laughs) After all that, after all that, after all of it, like lost whatever shred of credibility he had left, lost it, like sacrificed it in the name of Trump. Trump's like, don't pay him. (laughs) It's just like. Isn't that, isn't that like such a mob boss thing to do? Like, uh, you didn't get me out of this. Don't pay him. Um, so, yeah, I guess there's some levity that came out of that. Uh, but but things are really ramping up, Kelly. So when it comes to the insurrection, the Department of Justice has um, opened up a website. And I think this is brilliant. They have a website where people um, can scour through the photos and the videos that were taken. And the FBI's made them available. Um, and you can look at the different photos of people. You can watch the video, and if you think you know who someone is, if you can identify them, anyone who breached the Capitol um, unlawfully, then you can submit that information to the FBI. As of this morning, I don't want to get the number wrong, so I'm going to ballpark it. I think it was somewhere around 190 investigations that are opened up right now, um, and you know, a lot of those are going to turn into convictions, uh, including those that were you know, the most – publicized like the dude who was sprawled out in Pelosi's desk and then, you know, bison guy. So, uh, you know, they're likely going to be seeing some federal prison time. Uh, I I think one of the things that they're trying to do right now at the Department of Justice is drop the hammer down. And the idea is there has to be consequences. But to bring it back full circle, that's the same thing that the Democrats are doing right now. They know that Trump's going to be gone. They, you know, they know that this isn't going to happen until Trump is, has already left. I think this is, in some ways, a principal move. It's saying, if you commit this level of atrocity at the nation's highest position, there has to be a consequence to pay. And polls show, Kelly, it's not a, it's not overwhelming, but a majority of Americans agree. They think that the president bears some responsibility. And so I think the Democrats are also responding to the national, the national tenor on this issue. Uh, you mean the QAnon shaman who can only eat an organic diet, according to his mother, and like was on a hunger strike? <laughs> Like that guy. Yeah. 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 And, and, yeah. and, 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 okay. So let's, let's talk, um, a little bit about that and how, um, how many of our local law enforcement, I won't call them law enforcement, they're police officers because police officers can be arbitrary and serve any agency. Law enforcement officers actually uphold and enforce the law. Um, but you see how many of these Oklahoma, police officers went up there and the the sheriff west in canadian county one of his buddies was like all over yeah we stormed right by the police because they were flashing their badges and that i think is a whole nother thing about how involved law enforcement was and now um am i getting too far ahead 
No, no, go for it. I was going to say, um, because now, you know, there's, they're seeing all of this law enforcement involvement, and they're saying that these, these congressmen were giving tours of the Capitol to groups of people, and tours have been suspended since March. And now, all of a sudden, the day before this happened, these, these, these representatives are, are walking groups around. Now we talked about okay. your experience there. I mean, I would I would think that that would be kind of normal if if these representatives took around their constituents who came there, right? I mean, well, but, but now, not at not at time, not at this time. But I mean, just usual and customary. Sort of, but here's here's the other thing about that report, and this is this is why I want that report to come out. So, and, and this is giving a lot of people pause. Number one what you said about law enforcement also is the same for military. When we look at a lot, there's video of, of, you know, the way that individuals are moving through the halls, almost as if they're clear and they didn't have guns, but almost as if they were clearing as in the military. And we know that a lot of the people who have been arrested, Kelly are actual former vets or former military. Um, That's kind of an alarming, uh, an alarming thing that we're finding out. The second one that you brought up today was what was going on at the Capitol tours. Um, I can only speak from my experience. It would be highly unlikely for a representative to actually lead a tour themselves. Um, I have never seen it. I had never once seen a congressional member actually leading a tour themselves. That's usually like what I was, which was a low-level intern who does that. Right. Right. Show, show these people around. Um that's odd to me. Uh, I, so that doesn't square. You know, I, I'm not going to say what that means. I'm just going to. Uh, all I can say is I have never seen. I had never seen that, and I I, I gave fifty tours probably that summer. Um, it, so I, that that was not a thing. Um, but the other thing too, and this was reported on CNN today. Um, one of the, the 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 House members did talk about not being able to use their panic button like they have them in their offices. And, you know, I'm not saying that there's anything conspiratorial because I try not to go down that road. But the, the point is, it, it, was, it was these things that are leading to the investigation. Just trying to figure out, like, who gave the tours? Why was the tour being given? You know, because if there was like a reconnaissance thing, which is what CNN was reporting today. And again, I'm not purporting that is true or not. That's just what's out there right now. Um, there, It does lead to larger investigations. And so... I, you know, that, that also, that opens the door to a lot of bigger issues that I cannot speak on, but I, I know people want answers to that just to figure out like what actually happened that day. Um, because it's, it, it, it affects us all. It's the American capital. That's the place where laws are made. That's where our representatives gather. You know, we vote for these people to do the, the will of the people. And this is, you know, I, I do think a full investigation needs to be done and figure out exactly how people were, you know, able to gain access or if nothing else, if it just shows that we needed bigger security or we need to rethink how we secure the nation's capital, if something comes out of that, then I think that's going to be useful. But more than anything right now, you know, I'm not a big law and order kind of guy, but I, I do agree with the Department of Justice right now that they, 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 they've got to do something about it. Like, I, I think punishments have to be given out. There has to be some kind of justice because you know, for a lot of individuals, especially those who have organized with Black Lives Matter and other minority groups, when they see how easily this mob was able to work their way into the Capitol with almost almost like they rolled the red carpet, with very little resistance, very, very little resistance. 
um, you know, it's, you see the double standard at play. A lot of, you know, generally, you know, middle-aged white men, but others as well, just kind of strolling their way in. And, you know, we, we need to ask ourselves as a society, like, how does that happen? Or, you know, what, what kind of double standards are we playing with? So, it brings up so many tricky issues for us right now. And, and I think we're all trying to make sense of it right now. Um, I will say, I'm just glad the Department of Justice is following through on this so that we understand, you know, what's been going on. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm certainly not going to say that there were, you know, there's anything conspiratorial at the higher level, but there is, I think, evidence coming out that at least it was being discussed on Parler and maybe even on Twitter and other social media companies, which I think is the other thing we need to talk about, Kelly, which is the fact that we've got a lot of people who are saying what happened to freedom of speech because Twitter took down Trump. Everybody took down Trump. Pinterest took down Trump's account. Trump can't have a social media account anywhere. Uh, but in addition, a lot of the QAnon folks have lost their platforms on a lot of those, um, those social media sites as well. And, you know, brings up this, this question about free speech. And, you know, I, I'm actually a little bit more on the free market capitalist side on this when I say that Twitter's a company that can follow whatever business model they want that's going to be better for their business. And if that's not allowing the president, then I guess as a private company, they're not violating the First Amendment um, by restricting who can and cannot have an account. And so I, I find that that conversation that we're having also really interesting that the people who like to defend capitalism and the free market so much don't particularly like it when it comes to private media organizations. Well, that, that are, that are censoring them. It's like, um, your first amendment rights are only guaranteed by government entities. That's it. Like just, that is just with the government. So I want to talk about, I want to talk about that and how crazy Congress has been since I, since, since Trump has, has, has had to, uh, you know, I, I, you know that he's having withdrawals. I want to talk about that here in a second, but you talk about the double standard of metal detectors on the house floor. Now they, now these, these staunch law and order Republicans are like, I'm not going through that. I'm going to carry my gun in here and I'll, and it's it's nuts, right? Yeah, uh, that was the other double standard that came up, and I think it was Lou uh, Louis Gomert walked around it. <laughs> what I heard, he's from Texas. Uh, apparently, he didn't like the metal detector and just walked around it. Like he, he would not comply. So, you know, now you've got this issue. But hey, now you know how a lot of high school kids feel, right? When you know you have that those same things that that are that are kind of imposed but yes this is what happens when you have a destabilized environment and i understand that a lot of congress people are really glad that those are there they're really glad that they have you know some added security that are there but also really sad that you have to have that that you know when you talk about businesses or organizations or even schools that have to have metal detectors it's because in a lot of cases, you, you have um, places where violence has been allowed to fester and, and you haven't, you know, taken the institutional steps to make sure it doesn't happen. Well, now that's happening at Congress and, you know, in the halls of Congress. And so it's welcomed by some who feel like it's enough of a threat that you have to do that. But, yeah, you've got others. And we've heard a lot from Representative uh, Mullen. He's, you know, uh, said quite a bit about about this issue. Um, I, I in, in some ways, I, I think you 
you just kind of have to suck it up because that's you know that's kind of the rules that are put there. But when I when I heard that Representative Gomert walked around the metal detector, I just couldn't believe it. So yeah, you know, a lot of these things are coming before, and and you know, we're talking about double standards, and we're talking about you know the different issues that um, that are impressed upon us. We're, we're we're encountering these double standards, and it it just comes back to this idea that we are a nation that is heavily divided. If we want to bring it back to Biden, it, it's important to note that. Yeah, he's, he's going to have a Senate impeachment that's going to be coming up, taking up Senate space as soon as he comes back. Um, he's got other stuff to, to, to work on. And from the, the coronavirus, which is public enemy number one, um, to trying to figure out what to do about student loans, to figure out what to do about failing small businesses, um, he has a lot of work to do. And the sad part about it, Kelly, is that he has also been handicapped and put at a disadvantage because he's working with an outgoing administration who's really not doing much at all. Trump has really been missing from action this entire time. He's been obsessed with things that aren't dealing with dealing with the, the issues of the country right now. And so, you know, kudos to the Biden administration for making a, an executive decision, even though they're not the executive yet. Um, to just move forward. And they decided, you know what, if the Trump administration is not going to play ball, then we're just going to start confirming our people, holding our own. You know, they've got to have a lot of people confirmed by the Senate. Uh, and it looks like they're just moving forward. But Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have a lot of work to do. And a lot of it's because we haven't seen the president trying to trying to make any inroads to make and facilitate that transition any easier. I want to talk about <clears throat> how crazy it is. That that one uh, QAnon lady, that Marsha Taylor Green or whatever, was actually speaking on the House floor with a mask that said censored. And yeah. then, um, <laughs> you know, like like Trump, like uh, nobody's nobody's letting me say anything. And Don Jr.'s like all coked up and in some secret basement, like about to cry as um, usual. But here's the thing. The Trump funniest, can go Trump the, can go in the in the press room. Right. <laughs> he could go in the Rose Garden anytime and like say whatever he wanted with a with a world with a global funny, audience. <laughs> oh, my God. The funniest part about that was yeah she she was wearing a mask that said censored and then today i think one that, that said trump yeah she's like we're being censored i'm like you're on cnn c-span <laughs> fox news msnbc you know telemundo either just like where any anywhere you can get television you're on it um yeah i thought that was pretty hilarious uh but she also now interesting she i believe is the one who today said on Day one, the day that Biden takes office, she's going to vote for impeachment, um, which kind of suggests where she is right now. <laughs> How like, nuts is that, makes, though? <laughs> oh, just absolutely ridiculous. Like, and of course, the narrative she's trying to push pushes that, oh, you know, the Democrats were after Donald Trump for anything. They were going to impeach him for anything, as if there weren't, you know, real concerns that we had to consider, whether it was national security dealing. Uh, with, you know, messing with an, uh, an American Democratic election or dealing with the security threat that we all, you know, had to endure and live through this last week. Um, yes, yeah, so I don't know exactly what the articles of impeachment are going to say. She hasn't said what they're going to say. She's just trying to shore up her base. Um, and interestingly enough, and, you know, a little dig at Facebook here, Facebook actually, one of my friends who's conservative, found they, she saw that, that, 
that the congresswoman had made these remarks. So she wanted to add that person on Facebook to like her Facebook page. Apparently, and I haven't tried it yet, so don't quote me. You can try it yourself. If you go on Facebook and try to like her page or add or something like that, it will say, hey, just to let you know, there's been some information, whatever. <laughs> so, so apparently um, the misinformation, uh, Facebook has been very, very uh, forceful in trying to let their readers know that there's been a lot of misinformation uh, on the Internet. But that is, there's a lot of blowback coming to conservatives. But understand that the, the, the Trump folks and especially the very conservative Trump folks how they perceive this and how they see this is that they are coming under fire by these private media companies and they are losing a lot of ground. And for Donald Trump, it has to feel very suffocating right now because not only did he lose all of his social media accounts, his YouTube channel, um, his platform everywhere, he he's losing support, financial support. Many New York firms saying they will no longer honor his contracts or work with him. Um, in other businesses, you know, in the private market are now coming forward doing the same. There are businesses businesses who said they will no longer be supporting the campaigns of uh, Ted Cruz and others who uh, opposed the the vote, the legitimate vote that took place in November. So there's a lot of blowback coming, and I'm w- almost wondering if that might be the bottom line. For a lot of these politicians to see some of their support coffers drying up because of the line in the sand that they decided to cross, you know, when it came to everything that went down uh, on what was supposed to be a routine confirmation of the Electoral College last week on January 6th, which is going to be a day that will go down in infamy now. Uh, one last thing. So do you think that this um, all of these corporations saying, hey, you know, we if we know that, you know, you you participated in the insurrection or didn't uh, or, or, you know, didn't vote to certify or whatever. Do you think that that is going to lend to more Republicans like jumping off the Trump bandwagon in the Senate and like, you know what, I better get while the getting's good. It's possible. I think, you know, this is just speculation, but I think there are probably a lot of Republicans right now who are trying to figure out how do how do I weasel out of what I was going to do originally? You know, a lot of a lot, you know, a lot of senators change their mind. Um how do I now position myself to where I can vote for a conviction against Donald Trump? And I think, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on what happens between today or right now. And when Joe Biden actually takes office, you know, if Trump can hold the line and seem reasonable and seem, you know, sympathetic and, you know, hold the, you know, what he did yesterday in that video, if he can, keep that face up. It's going to be really hard for a lot to find 17 Republicans to convict. Um, If he goes off the rails again, that may give them enough cover to say, okay, you know what? Enough is enough. So I think a lot of it depends on the president and if he is willing to spend this last week with an air of dignity and grace. And um, I don't know, Kelly, it's, it's, uh, you know, that seems like an easy thing to do for a lame duck president to just be able to ride out, ease out those last few days um, with dignity and grace. But we're talking about Donald J. Trump. So I, I don't know if that's in his playbook. 
He's more of a bull in a china shop kind of guy. Well, and and by the time this airs, when this airs, we will be 48 hours away from Joe Biden's inauguration. And I got to tell you, it feels phenomenal. Like this, Trump, ha- I mean, got caught while he was in office paying off a porn star who came out and talked all kinds, you know, like told of her experiences with, with the commander in chief, you know, like this is what we've had to endure for four years. And it's so awesome that it's coming to an end. It's like, Oh, we're, I, I don't want to jinx us. Cause it's like I said, at this point we still got 48 hours, but there are so many scandals that I forgot about because they've been, it's just been like one every other day. And I can't even keep up with it. So, Kelly, I kind of wonder if I'm going to get bored of the news once Joe Biden is president. And I'm kind of hoping I will. (laughs) Oh, we can only hope. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, if you missed this conversation or any of our past episodes, all you got to do is catch up with those wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure you like and subscribe to TalkJive.org. I'm Kelly J. Lewis with Dr. Chris Garneau from the Isle of Dr. Garneau. We'll catch you back here next week. Have a great day.